The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. The second hour coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, Tennessee. Um, Got a lot to talk about this hour. Really excited about it. So... Let's get to it because, uh, Mo, you have put in the TCCAA tournament results for baseball and softball. Uh, yeah, it might should have been in the rundown, but um, we were so fast and furious at that with high school stuff. that. Um, but wanted to get this mentioned. Um, the JUCO baseball and softball tournament got started yesterday after inclement weather Sunday prevented them from starting as scheduled but um in baseball action yesterday it's a four-team tournament um in consideration of the pandemic obviously so um eights were wild on the baseball side as dyersburg defeated motlow eight seven and the chargers of columbia state defeated walter state eight six in softball action yesterday, Vol State, the host Lady Pioneers, defeated Walter State 2-0. And Chattanooga State defeated Dyersburg State 2-0. Pitchers duel there, the only one of the day. And so um, – Vol State won 6-2. You what did I say? 2-0. Uh, Chet- <laughs> yeah, it, you just were looking down. Vol State 6, Walter State 2, Chattanooga State 2, Dyersburg State nothing. In Tuesday action today um, – Starting with softball, Volunteer State and Chattanooga State, um, the winners from yesterday will play at 12 noon. Walters and Dyersburg at 3. In baseball, Motlow and Walters will play at 1. Um, so they're playing the loser's bracket first. Mm-hmm. And then um, Dyersburg and Columbia State at 4. And we will try to keep you abreast of that tournament as best we can, particularly um, trying to keep an eye on the Chargers and their – pursuit of further postseason play i'd love to tell you more but i just happened to have this pop up on twitter thanks to somebody retweeting so vol state pitcher sydney link was the pitcher of the year in the tccaa and Addie lang from vol state was the player of the year in the conference so 
Congrats to those two. Yeah, if anybody knows who the baseball <laughs> honorees were, feel free to grace us with that info. They they are unfortunately not available on the TCCA uh, on the website. <laughs> website. But um, speaking to Bobby Hudson, the athletics director up at Volunteer State, he did say that all these games are available via live stream if you go to jockjive.com and then click on the TCCAA drop down um you can you can follow along on live stream so again columbia state baseball plays at four against dyersburg state um, if you're interested in the other games then that's fine too all right let's talk about the atlanta braves what do you say let's do um because uh, this is unfortunate coincidence the last time the Braves took on the Toronto Blue Jays, they came into the series at 500. They left four games under 500. So coming into tonight's game at 500 does not bode well for history's sake. And I don't think they've been better than 500 this year, have they? Uh, no, no, they haven't because no. – the first time we got to 500 was at 12 and 12. 12. And 12. Yeah. Yes. And then lost four. So, so, no. Yeah. So, um, the Brave starter has not been announced as of this point, but the Blue Jays will send former Brentwood High standout Robbie Ray to the mound. Come on. Um, Robbie, one and one with a 314 ERA. Um, starts a three game series at Truist Park against the Blue Jays of. Dunedin, Dunedin, Toronto, wherever. <laughs> um, not from Toronto. Yeah. 630 start. Um, you'll have to listen somewhere other than 103.7 because our sister station will be carrying Columbia American Little League as they do every Tuesday night. The golden tones of Lou Maddox. I wonder if Clayton's team's playing tonight. <laughs> he does seem to play a lot on Tuesdays, doesn't he? <laughs> Coincidence? Think we think not. not. Yeah. Uh, just kidding, Clayton. No. Uh, this is going to be a, an interesting game because, again, the Blue Jays have have traditionally had the Braves' number, and they've had a lot of folks' number this year. They're seventeen and sixteen coming into this series, which is better than five hundred. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> but only a half game better than the Braves. You know. Again, though, the Braves are at seventeen and seventeen. They've not really had their full roster, and not at all, and still won't for some time. And yet, they've not lost any ground to speak of in the NL East. So, well, a lot of that's because the teams we do beat are teams in the, in the East. <laughs> So yeah. that's, well, there's that. The Mets sitting at, at the top of the standings right now, a game and a half ahead of the Braves, a game, in the head, a game ahead of the Phillies as well. Mets have played several fewer games. I think they are, they've played like five fewer games than anybody else in the division. So whatever. Did they have some COVID issues at the start of the year or something? I, seemed, or did I they like have they, some I weather issues? There were some issues there. Uh, were the Nationals not supposed to play them? In the- that's it. Yeah. That's it. And they didn't play their season-opening series. Right. Yeah, because the Nationals had issues. And the Nationals are 13 and 17, so that makes sense. They've only played one 
one more game than the Mets have. So that would that does make sense. Yeah, I guess we assume that they're going to be playing those games later in the season. I as, would as, I would think that they will make those up. Like they're just going to yeah. play an entire series of doubleheaders. <laughs> Wouldn't Ooh. that be brutal? <laughs> Six games in three days. Test your t- test your staff there. <laughs> Goodness, uh, yeah. You have to go through your entire staff in three days. <laughs> That'd be brutal. Um, before we shift on to something else, on this day in Braves history, May eleventh, nineteen seventy-seven. This is a pretty good one, actually. Trying to snap the Braves' sixteen-game losing streak. Team old team owner Ted Turner, for whom Turner Field was named, by the way, <laughs> takes over as field manager. The skid continues as Atlanta falls to the Pirates 2-1, and National League President Chubb Feeney informs the new skipper he can't manage again because of a rule that prohibits a manager from owning a financial stake in the club. You know... You'd like to think that they would have told him that before the game, but Ted Turner was definitely a proponent of better to get forgiveness than permission. Oh, so, no doubt. Uh, I, I doubt if that I there was – I remember him right, would he have listened had they told him? Well, that's that's a 50-50 <laughs> shot. But apparently apparently he listened in the aftermath because he did not manage again, and, and it might have had something to do with him losing. Well, heck, I'm not any better than Russ hey, Nixon or whoever it was that was in the dugout at the time. I think it might have been Russ. Um, did Branch Rickey ever manage after? I don't believe so. Because I know he was given a, when he left St. Louis to go to Brooklyn, he was given a financial stake in the team. I didn't know if he, because he was not a very good manager when he did manage. Great general manager, great GM, not a great field manager. Field manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everybody is. Oh, it was Dave Bristol who oh. was the manager at the time for games 1 through 29 and 31, 32 through 162. There you go. Yeah. I wonder if he was suspended because Turner, according to what I'm looking at here on Wikipedia, Ted Turner managed game 30 and then Vern Benson managed game 31. I don't think it mattered. They were just bad at that point. They finished 61 and 101. I was going to say, it just wasn't a very good team at that time. Here's what's funny. (laughs) So the team finished in last place in the six-team National League West with a record of 61 and 101, 37 games behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Braves hit a major league leading seven grand slams. Uh Uh-oh. So they hit seven grand slams and still finished – 40 games under 500. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> we're coming up uh, on that number feast here. Feast or famine. Huh? We're, yeah. we're coming up on that number here as we've hit four so far this year. <laughs> one, by, one by a pitcher. Uh-oh. That's got to yeah. kind of exponentially increase the uh-oh factor there, too, I would think. So. Uh, um, sounds home opener tonight as mm-hmm. 600 and. Like thirty plus days, six sixteen, six sixteen. Yeah, yes. Was... Doug, um, Doug Scopel, vice president of operations, um, had that in his Facebook post this morning that it's been um six hundred and sixteen days. That's a lot of days since the sounds have taken the field at First Horizon Park. 
General admission tickets are now on sale at the ticket office. I don't know if you can get them online, but they are definitely on sale if you go to the stadium right now. So there's that. It is going to be a lot of fun tonight. Uh, it's going to be minimum. It's not full capacity yet. It's not it's full capacity. I series. think it's the next. Is it the next series or the, the next homestand? The 14th. Okay, so next series, which yep. is Gwinnett. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. So if you get a chance to get out to um, – well, that's weird. So, no, it's not the next series. It's the middle of this series with Memphis. <laughs> the 14th is in the middle of that six-game series with the Redbirds. A, I think there's a, a date that was set by the city or something like that that's going to come into play. Yeah, May, and May that's 14th, why they're having to wait. They're having to wait to a certain time, if I remember seeing that on the news report last night. So, that's fine. May 14th, full capacity tonight. If you can get a ticket, get one because fireworks and everything be a lot of fun. And we'll be catching up with Jeff Ham, the Sounds play-by-play announcer, as we did this past Friday, this coming Friday. So be sure and check that out during this hour later in the week. That's uh, I tell you what, let's go ahead and take a break so we can take as much time as we want to with Teresa Walker. What do you say? Uh, sounds good to me. Let's do that. Let's take a break because when we come back, we are going to talk with uh, Tennessee sports editor for the Associated Press. Teresa Walker on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints. Stick around. We'll be right back. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid tennessee bone and joint chris yeah mo Patton, the illustrious potentate coach mike so my dad said that back in he said quote when he was a younger man which back in the day uh, we had neighborhood parties if the Braves didn't lose 100 games. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, it's like what I said on Twitter the other day. I mean, we, we hit dingers and, and lose games. So I guess the Braves are honoring Hank Aaron the best they can. <laughs> <laughs> that That's kind of a throwback to the old um, call in the ticket office. What time's the game start? What time can you be what here? Yeah. <laughs> That's when they introduced the fans to the players to save time. Right. (laughs) Anyway. Oh, we are so excited for this segment as we are joined by a friend of the show, 
Very excited to have TSWA Hall of Famer and Associated Press Tennessee Sports Editor Teresa Walker joining us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Teresa, how's it going? Oh, good. But that story reminds me. I, I went to uh, see Braves and Cubs because I'm a Cubs fan, so I, I get Braves pain over the years. You Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but I did go to uh, a game at the, you know, the old Fulton County Stadium. And, uh, you know, I bought tickets online to make sure I had tickets. Didn't realize when I got there, I bought better seats for five bucks right behind home plate. Never used the tickets I had actually bought because, well, we could sit right there below Harry Carey and couldn't have had much better seats. Why didn't you just trade the tickets in? Are you kidding? We were running late, got caught in that traffic, even back in 89. <laughs> so I didn't spend a ton on the tickets I did buy, but they were at, they were in the outfield. So it's like, yeah, I'll sit in the home plate rather than sit out there. Good call. Yeah, yeah, that is good. It's good stuff. Last night was fun, huh? Last night was special, guys. I, I tell you, you you were not human if you didn't get some goosebumps and, and kind of just the, the well of emotion that that building was showing Pecorine. Again, you're not human if you did not appreciate that on a human level. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. I mean, it, it's, and here's the thing, you know, he can say that, you know, he hasn't made a decision about his future or, you know, right now it's the playoffs because that's that's where the focus has to be. Uh, but and for all intents and purposes, he's 38. He'll be 39 in, in November. You know, maybe David Poyle does a contract, brings him back for another year. I mean, we've seen goalies play, you know, really, really well. And, and when they needed him, uh, especially in March when, when Saros was out, they, they leaned heavily on Rene. So, you know, Saros is getting the bulk of the, you know, the respect and attention for, you know, getting this team into the postseason. But they wouldn't have had a chance if Pekka Rene hadn't been able to fill in there when he was out starting a handful of games in, in a row and, and being a little bit of an Iron Man that he has been in his career for this franchise. But, you know, his, his wife and infant son were there. They were on the glass there in the warm ups. And you know, he said he knew that his family was watching in Finland despite the time change. Uh, you know, it, it just felt like, you know, that was the final start in Nashville for Pekka Rene. Now, who knows? You know, maybe there's a, you know, instant that he has to get in between the pipes during the playoffs, but uh, it just it just had a feel of finality to it. Very emotional. Although, hey, as, as Matthew Shane said, storybook, totally. I mean, you know, a game that meant absolutely nothing, and Pekka Rene and the Predators made it mean everything. His, you know, his 60th shutout, uh, you know, he, 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 he took sole possession of uh, 19th most wins in NHL history with 369. Or maybe he tied uh, Tom Barrasso. Sorry, I, I'm still trying to wake up this morning. But, you know, his, his 19th shutout, 20th shutout, and he put up big, big numbers last night. And to do it, guys, 30 saves. He made 10 in that final period. At one point, it, you know, the, the, the Hurricanes were attacking kind of tic-tac-toe passing, you know, because usually you can beat a goalie that way, right? And he just kind of throws a stick at him and makes the save. And, you know, and when he was asked about that, he says, well, a little bit of Dominic Hoshik there. So, but then to, you know, he gets all the hugs. And then they, you know, he said maybe it was Brad Richardson told him to go take a victory lap. Mm -hmm. And at that point, that's when the goosebumps really started because he's, he's taking that little skate around and, 
you know, all of his teammates are tapping their sticks and guys who didn't even dress came out of the, you know, came out and were there to give him a hug. So it, it just, it was, it was a moment. It's the kind of moment you don't really get in sports. You know, uh, Eddie George finished his career with the Dallas Cowboys. Steve McNair finished his career with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, yes, they're, they're, you know, they're the two faces that helped cement the Tennessee Titans franchise in Tennessee, but they finished their careers elsewhere. Uh, you know, only Eddie was there when they, you know, put their names into the ring of honor. So uh, it, it's just, you don't get many moments like that. And it was incredibly special. I'm getting chills right now. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. And Teresa, while you say that um, Pekka has not made a decision regarding his future, is it he possible? Says he has not made a decision. Is it possible that the Predators have? Well, guys, it's incredibly possible, but both of them know what they're doing after this season. I mean, you know, he, he's earned $5 million each of the last two years. And for a team that's going to be dealing with a flat salary cap for at least the next year, uh, you're not going to be paying Pecorino that. There are reports out over the weekend, maybe end of last week, that, you know, maybe he's having conversations with a team in Europe. You know, he, it sounds like he absolutely wants to keep playing, uh, but it'll be after, the, you know, and, and I'm sure maybe they've had some talks of, you know, David Poyle and, and Pekka's agent, but, uh, you know, let's face it, at a certain point, you kind of know what the road is bringing you. Uh, even even as he said, you know, Pekka insisted last night, he's not made any, you know, decisions, uh, not looking forward at this point. We'll wait till the season's over. That's what you say during the season because you don't want he you know he doesn't want to become the story all of a sudden as this team is now preparing for a very unexpected playoff series uh one guy that looks a lot different now let's remember carolina won the first six games of this season in between these teams and now suddenly the predators have won two straight by a combined score of eight to one yes they were resting a ton of people last night but you know hey so was national predators so uh, this is, it's going to be interesting. I think the Predators go to Carolina feeling a whole lot more confident than they might have done, you know, a month or two ago. And this Predators team is just so tough to read to me. I mean, how far are they from that season start? And that kind of leads me into this next question. Whatever happens with Pecorine or with the rest of this Predators roster once this season is over with? Because to me, even as hard as they've had to play to get into the playoff field, I'm not confident in a long run. And so you mentioned David, well, you mentioned David Poole. Is he the guy that gets to make that decision? Those decisions. No. Mo, I'll say this. I, I, until David Poyle decides to retire, I mean, he's the guy, his fingerprints literally are on every piece of this franchise. He's the guy who put this franchise together. He was the first really big hire, uh, you know, uh, 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 that Leopold made when after being given the uh, franchise as an expansion from the NHL. So, you know, with what he's done as the winningest <clears throat> GM in the NHL ever, he gets a chance to decide, I think, where when he goes out. And, and here's the thing. This team does look dramatically different from where it was to start the season. You know, how much of that was, you know, he brings in John Hines last year in January. They started doing some stuff. Then there's a pause. You know, they come back, they practice some, and they manage to play all of, 
you know, a, a, you know, the qualifying series, it was it three or four games. That was it. Uh, you know, so it took them a while to in a short, short, short training camp. So, you know, it, this team looks so different. It's almost like, you know, it's like Space Jam. Where, where are the real predators that we saw playing in January? Where are they hiding? Okay. You know, these can't be those guys because they just don't, you know, they're playing so different. I mean, watching them last night, even, even with so many taxi squad guys up and playing last night, there were tape to tape passes. Uh, you know, the, the, the puck is just flying around from player to player to player. I mean, you know, it was almost like a feeding frenzy on the net last night for him. I mean, five goals uh, is a little crazy at times. It's like, okay, can you just, you know, the only thing that didn't happen was Matt Duchesne had a chance there in the second to get a, get a hat trick, only his second ever in his career, and it, it didn't connect because he just kind of didn't get the puck in the air. Um, I, you know, this may be more the Predators team that they should be. I mean, we were kind of stunned in January about how bad they were playing because the talent was there. And now they've mixed in because of injuries. They had to mix in some of the young guys. Matt Duchesne last night was saying the future is really bright for this franchise mm-hmm. because we've seen what these young players have done. I mean, Tanner Deneau, has, you know, you've got to have him in the lineup because of what he's done this season for them. So, uh, now, Matt Duchesne in the future, if I've got a candidate to be exposed for the Kraken uh, expansion draft this summer, I put Matt Duchesne right at the top. Uh, if you can unload his $8 million a year salary, you have done something to help yourself tremendously. So it's going to be very interesting to just see what this team is for. But, but they have shown enough to me, you know, you, yes, you can say maybe they're worn out from, from having to get to the playoffs that, you know, they're done. But uh, I look at the St. Louis, uh, St. Louis Blues just a couple of years ago. They were dead last in the NHL at the start of the year, January 1st, and they went and won the Stanley Cup. You know, with the way UC Soros is playing, you absolutely can go win whatever you want to. It's it's a brand new season now. And, you know, Carolina, yes, the coach last night said, we played really 55 games great. We were only out of one in 56, in the 56 games. So, uh, but you know what? The Predators have beaten the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have beaten the Florida Panthers in the last few weeks. They have now beaten the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, I'm not going to put anything past them because it is the postseason. This is why they play the games. I I think that's kind of important to note. I mean, like you said, St. Louis a couple of years ago, the Predators, when they were the eighth seed, that was the Stanley Cup run. I mean, this is not a a franchise that's, you know, not been in this situation before. So, and you you have a guy like Pecorine who – was there for that run and was, you know, the guy who got them there, obviously. So you have the experience. You have guys like Matt Duchesne who have been in that, you know, who have been in major, major playoff uh, scenarios. So the experience is there. The players are there. If John Hines is the guy to coach them up, I'll be surprised. But it could happen. I mean, last night you – I did want to ask you this, though. Last night you mentioned go ahead and raise his, his jersey to the rafters, speaking of, of Pecorine. So we were having a discussion off air. Would would Pecorine be in your Nashville sports Mount Rushmore? Absolutely. Are you kidding what this guy has done? 
four times as a trophy uh, finalist. He won in 2018. He he literally led this team to the Stanley Cup in 2017. Uh, and if Ryan Johansson had been you know available in that series against Pittsburgh, I think they could have had a chance to win it. They were just you know at that point you know having lost. I, I'm trying to think back now, but you know they lost the player uh, to the broken leg. Uh, Kevin Fiala in the Blues game series, and then you lose Johansson in the Ducks series with you know an injury that you know he could have lost his leg, he could have lost his life, compartment syndrome. So you know they they were thin at that point, and they just kind of ran out of ran out of gas. Right now, this is a team that is fairly healthy. They've got all their pieces back, and Matt Duchesne, who has you know he only had finished the season with six goals. For, for the Predators, but he scored two of those last night. You know, he came into last night having 12 points in 25 games against Carolina. So, you know, Carolina is a franchise that has just, you know, you look at the whole numbers in that series, uh, it, it's funny. They have just absolutely dominated uh, in, in recent times. But Matt Duchesne, the way this team is playing, all bets are off. That's, that's why we watch in the playoffs is to see something happening. So, so I'm really curious to, to see, you know, we're, hopefully we'll get the schedule. kind of anticipating us, but, uh, you know, buckle your seats. It's a playoff. And, and guys, think about this. We saw the energy that the fans gave them Saturday night in this mm-hmm. season where it's been socially distant, thin crowds, you know, been 33% capacity for the last few weeks in Nashville. And now starting with the playoffs, game three, they're going to ha- be able to have up to 12,135 people in there. And if, it was so loud in there last night that it felt close to a full building. And for teams that have been playing before empty seats all year long, uh, forget about the end of last year, uh, that could provide an emphasis. We've seen Smashville take the Predators and give them that boost when they've needed it. That might be the X factor this season as well. Um, <laughs> it's just... When you consider everything that this team has been through, it's really hard to grasp that they are where they are at this point. And, you know, as, as you pointed out, Teresa, the the starts and stops and the lack of time together early on and that kind of thing, I'm sure has played into this. But, you know, just how much damage do you feel like this team can do once it gets into the playoffs i think that the uh the all bets are off I, I'm, I'm not going to bet against them that's for sure i might not bet on them going to win the cup final but you know it's, I, I just want to sit back and watch what this team does you know forsberg you know he's got a couple games under his belt to try to get him back up to speed you know deshane has you know finally scoring last night you know he's a guy who's also you know getting back up to speed after injury so, you know, Ailey Tolvanen, I mean, they, they've got their pieces. You know, Arvidsson got a night off. Uh, you know, Kelly Yarncroke, they all kind of needed that because they were the guys who were kind of holding things down when so many people were on the injured list. And now they've got a deep taxi squad. You know, if somebody goes down, they've got guys who played in crucial games for this franchise. So, uh, and, and, but particularly the way Saros is playing. I mean, he is going to give them a chance. And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. A month ago, I thought, well, if they make the playoffs, the Canes will just destroy them. It'll be a sweep, and then it'll be done. And then we'll get into the youth movement and the rebuild that this franchise needs. But the way they've done it, it it's almost like doing a, you know, 
to use a NASCAR analogy, it's almost like they've done their pit change while still making laps, you know, mixing in the youth, getting these guys game time. And, and then particularly, though, UC Soros seems to have grown up, you know. They came into the season saying, well, we're going to have 1A, 1B. But the hope had been that Soros would show them that he is Pekka's uh, successor. And, you know, it, there were times where I'm like, I, I wasn't alone. The numbers showed this this guy is struggling. Um, but as he came back from injury, talking to Pekka, you know, John Hines has talked about this, that, you know, Pekka has helped him with the mental approach, you know, how you, what you need to do to on the days off and to be ready to step into the net and, and then shut teams down. So, you know, now he gets a few days of rest to get ready for the slog because, you know, I think he had won like 21 of his last 23 games. You know, so there was pressure there. I mean, they, you know, yes, they clinched on Saturday night the next to last game. Uh, they would have clinched Sunday night since Chicago did beat Dallas, but they did it on their own. So, I, you know, I, I, hey, like I said, they have a 7-1 win recently over Tampa Bay. They won in Florida, uh, to, you know, as they started this climb back from the bottom of the NHL. And now they've got, now they've got back-to-back wins over Carolina by a combined score of eight to one. So how, you know, Hey, that, this is the beauty. Why not them? And anybody can do it right now. And, you know, so you know, they've got a challenge, you know, Carolina, you know, was in play for the president's trophy until a couple of days ago. So, you know, it is a strong team over there that's been building to this point as well, but tune in. We will certainly be tuning in. There's no question there. Uh, before we let you go, Teresa, um, any thoughts on how this NBA season has shaken out? Because it has been with with the the new playoff situation. It's it's kind of nuts, but uh, it's it's getting it's getting to the nitty gritty now. Well, it absolutely is. The Memphis Grizzlies last night clinched at least a spot in the play-in tournament that starts next Tuesday. Uh, if they're hosting a game, I'll be going down and covering that. So, uh, you know, the, the odds are that they, you know, they only had to play, uh, win two of five this week, and they managed to to, to get in, and they met, they they clinched at least a spot last night. So it, it's not easy. They're hosting Dallas tonight. They're playing. They're finishing the season literally playing five of the final six days. They played last night and beat New Orleans for the first time in six games. They're playing hosting Dallas tonight. Uh, they've got a back-to-back in Memphis against San Fermento on Thursday, Friday. And then they get to fly to California and play Golden State in the afternoon to wrap up the season, a team that is also in the play-in mix. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, hold on. And I don't know what I'm doing next week. I, I know that I'll be covering a game three and four once I get that schedule, but I have no clue what I'm doing with the, with the Grizzlies. Am I, you know, helping somebody? Am I going down and covering that play-in tournament game? Uh, it, it's sad. They were in a mix. They were so close to maybe getting to six about three weeks ago. They went to Portland, took back-to-back games against the Trailblazers there, mm-hmm. and then they just – and they were like – they you could almost sniff the sixth spot, and then they slid back, you know, in and, and, and some games. This is a young team. They're trying to learn how to win. Well, now they've got a play-in spot. So, you know, they, they, they've had some big win, leads, and then they've blown them late. Uh, the last time Dallas was in Memphis, uh, Luka Doncic hit a float, you know, running three to beat the buzzer that, uh, you know, and the Predator, I mean, excuse me, the Grizzlies had been up huge in that game. So 
uh, I, I'm curious to see what happens this week because I literally don't know what I'm doing next week. We may have to have you back on later this week, Teresa, to explain the new NBA postseason <laughs> um, hierarchy because it's a whole thing. I, I've not. I'm paid, up to speed I, on it, but it's crazy. Well, I, I have to. I have to admit, I've probably not paid enough attention to to really have a feel for it. But it when you start talking play in tournaments and that kind of thing, I'm like. I'm sorry. My, what? My, my eyes kind of roll back <laughs> in my head. So, um, hey, we're on the um, Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press. Teresa, thank you so much for taking some time with us. And like I said, don't be surprised if we reach back out to you before the end of the week. Sounds good. I'll be ready, and, and hopefully we'll have more clarity on who's the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th teams. Good Lord. As LeBron said, whoever came up with this idea Needs should to lose be fired. Idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he came didn't up care with that until they were in the seventh spot. He came up with the idea. It was him. He was the one who said, "Let them play it out." <laughs> <laughs> well, there you but go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Teresa. Thanks. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. TSWA Hall of Famer Teresa Walker on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. All right. When we come back, it is Top Five Tuesday, and we're going to give you the top five sporting events that we would change the outcome if given the opportunity. So stick around on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back from the Lee Company Studio. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. It is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, Tennessee, where it is a beautiful day outside, as you can see on the West 7th Cam. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> as, as Sarah and I on Sunday did a hometown marathon, which is our favorite show on HGTV because Ben and Aaron Napier are awesome. Um, it just, it gets me every time on HGTV. Like that's the number one thing the reveal count the times they say, look at it or look at that or look at whatever <laughs> they say, look at a gazillion times. It's hilarious. Well, as I look at my phone, um, I'm thinking that looking at it might be the best bet because even though don't I go see, outside and feel it, even though I see the postman walking across the yard at the house across West Seventh in shorts, 
Um, my phone says it's 61 degrees out, which, while nice, is not warm. No, it's not warm. So, risk. Yeah. The high today is going to be nice. 68. Well, if it gets there. It was supposed to be 65 yesterday. And and it never it, got it, no, it never got there. <laughs> and, and, yeah. So, and if over the past, well, first, if you've been listening over the past eight months, thank you. But you've probably figured out, I don't like being cold. Mo is not a cold guy. You I'm not like a cold guy like at all. I, 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 ain't, I ain't with that. A <laughs> couple of things we need to get to here that concern our friends in Franklin County. One, Southern Middle Tennessee Outdoors will air today at 105 and at 505, also on Saturday at 705. So if you're interested in hunting, fishing, uh, lakes in the area, make sure to listen on uh, WZYX, The Eagle. Um, also, former Franklin County's football standout, Michael Leslie, Last night, named the most outstanding defensive player of the NAIA football championship game as his Lindsey Wilson Blue Raiders. Blue Raiders. The Blue Raiders are everywhere. Took home the national championship in, in NAIA. So, well done to Lindsey Wilson. Well done to Michael Leslie. Congratulations to that young man. I saw a tweet earlier this morning apparently Lindsey wilson either shut down football or was considering shutting down football and yet, as recently as 2010 and now and just won him. an naia championship i saw a tweet yesterday um look does not now. does not list michael Lindsay, but someone put together a list of local products who are at Lindsey wilson and included is in the former Independence quarterback Ethan Cash former and former summit, former Summit quarterback as well Ethan Cash <laughs> and former page receiver Michael Burdick. So hey, um, yeah. both those guys are up there among others that'll be getting rings. Also, um, ex Marshall County defensive back Mar- Marcellus Campbell. So a number of Middle Tennessee kids in that in that Lindsey Wilson program. So congratulations to them yes sir all right it's time for top five tuesday brought to you by our friends at mid-south five fitness with two great locations one in columbia one in franklin mid-south five fitness and dallas still make sure to hang out with him still athletes.com that's s-t-e-e-l athletes.com follow him on social media you know he follows me on instagram and uh that's awesome all right here we go anybody got any honorable mentions i do I have no. I probably do, but I'm not going to mention them. My number, my, my honorable mentions include the 2008 University of Tennessee and Wyoming game because I feel like that is the beginning of the end of the program. Mm. Uh, that is what got Phil Former fired, and we all know what happened there. And of course, the 91 and 92 World Series. I, they didn't hurt my heart as much as the later ones did, but uh, I would certainly change them if I could. So yeah. there you go. Mike. All right. My number five was the first time I ever paid attention to a championship game, and it killed me because I was a Dallas Cowboys fan. Uh-huh. It was when Dallas lost to the then Baltimore Colts in the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. One of the last times they played during the day. A uh, little tip pass that got the winning score just killed me. Uh-huh. <laughs> my number five, um, and I think that there are a number of locals who would probably agree with me on this one, actually. Um, the 2010 Class 5A State Football Championship game. 
Columbia Central threw four interceptions, two of which led directly to touchdowns in a 47-33 loss to Beach. 14 points. 14 points. There we go. Yeah, tailback had something to do with that, too. No, no, not that team. That was later. That was later? Okay. Sorry. That that was not Jalen Hurd Beach. Okay. That was was Tremaine Hamer Beach. Okay. Got my ears mixed up. Sorry about that. All right. And my number five actually is also high school related. 2000, second round of the AHSAA playoffs when Patrick Billings uh, single-handedly defeated Summerson Christian my freshman year. And uh, they beat us 19 to 15 and went on to win by a the third, fourth, and state championship rounds by a grand total of 75 to 16. Uh, yeah, they beat us by four and beat everybody else 35 to nothing, basically. 19 yeah. to 15 has to be a score gami in football. Very weird. Very weird. Yeah. We had a field goal block that was returned for a touchdown in the first half. Only field goal we attempted all year long. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. Clearly. You're number four. Number four. Any one of the Buffalo Bills four Super Bowl losses. <laughs> just pick one. You know, just any one of the four. I'd love to have seen Andy Kelly win one. Jim Kelly. Jim Andy Kelly, Andy Kelly won Andy, some Andy, championships. Yeah, sorry about that. In, in the in, AFL. There you go. <laughs> it's um, been a while. <laughs> Jim Kelly, num- that's right. My number four, um, UT Florida 96 at Ooh. Neyland. Um Florida gets up 35 nothing before the Vols know what hit them. Um, eventually a 35-29 loss. Um, Steve Spurrier walking out of Neyland with that, that smirk. Yeah, with that smirk. Yeah, yeah. That was a tough one. My number four is the 2017 Stanley Cup. I had left the day of game six and went back home. I'm glad I did because we ended up losing the, the game. But uh, I would change this, the 17 Stanley Cup. Number three. All right, number three. I had become a, uh, in a sense, a closet Boston Red Sox fan, and Bill Buckner error killed me. They were about to break. They were about to break the curse. Yeah, the curse continued. Yeah. Uh, my number three. Two thousand seven. Um, Michigan 4, Vanderbilt 3 in 10 innings. Um, Vanderbilt was the number one national seed. Couldn't get out of Hawkins Field in that Nashville Regional. Um, That was a team that probably could have won a College World Series led by David Price who gave up that game-winning home run to Allen Oaks. Who? Yeah, that guy. Who, Who is that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number three is actually the 2015 FCS championship game. Carson Wentz over Jacksonville State. That one hurt. Not going to lie. That one hurt. So. All right. Number two. Number, number two. two. Number two. Mainly because this wasn't as personal, but it did hurt a lot, was the Titans Super Bowl loss to the Los Angeles St. Louis 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 Rams. Rams. They've been Los Angeles for Uh, for me. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. That's an uh, easy one to make. Yeah. Uh, What was the greatest show on turf or whatever? That that underthrown pass just – Yeah. (laughs) You know, that probably should have been on my list, especially since I covered it. Um, And my number two and my number one probably should be reversed, but my number two is a 2014 Class AAA – 145-pound state semifinals. Oh, yeah. Um, Gage Richmond of Saudi Daisy 12, Nick Patton of Centennial 5. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was a tough. One. I can I, I can see why you might want to change that one. Uh, I see we got some personal touch here. I like this. Yeah. My number two is a one A is a two A two B because they both kind of changed the trajectory of the Tennessee football program. Two hmm. A is the two thousand one SEC championship game, Matt Mock, and the two thousand nine Rocky Block in Tuscaloosa. Uh, both of those kind of changed the direction of the program, and they're kind of the same thing. So hmm. either one of those cha- goes in a different direction, and I think the program, the program goes, goes, in, a goes different in a different direction. direction. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. All right, you asked my number one. You said something about a personal note. This one uh, goes back to my senior year. I played quarterback for my high school football team. We got, I had the privilege of playing in the national, not the national, the state championship in 4A Oklahoma, biggest classification at the time. We were driving to win the game. We were down 12 to 6 or 12 to 7, driving to win the game, and we had a fumble at the three yard line. Mm. They picked it up and ended up scoring. We lost seventeen to six or seventeen to seven at that time. Oh, uh, with, we we lost it with two minutes to go in the game. We scored, kicked the extra point, we win the game. Uh, still haunts me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that goes. Um, number one, my number one, and and as we said at the top, it could have been any one of a number, but the one. When, when Chris brought this to me, my immediate reaction was the 1996 World Series. Um, Braves are up 2 nothing, having won the first two at Yankee Stadium. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it ain't it. it. It's not if, it's when. You know, how many more shots does it take to win two games? Well, right. <laughs> Yankees come back with four straight, and that Jim Lehrer's home run off of Mark Wohler's in that – Extra inning game. Yeah. That was a killer. My number one, last year's game six of the NLCS. If the Braves win that, they win the World Series. There's no question in my mind. NLCS of 2020 would have been my my go-to. That was my number one. So there you have it. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us today here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. We appreciate it. Down at WZYX. Thank you guys hanging out with us down there as well. If you missed any part of today's show, it'll be on the podcast sm-tnsports.com. We appreciate you guys being with us. For Maurice Patton and the lustrous potentate Coach Mike, I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia.